Hi, I'm Pastor Daniel, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel, but enjoy listening to the sermon. I just love the Christmas story, don't you? I love that, that every single December we get to come around this nativity story. That as we come around this nativity story, we get to look at the humans of Bethlehem. The humans of Bethlehem. And today I want to invite us onto the journey. Or actually I won't even call it a journey. I would call it the detour that we saw Mary and Joseph take to get us to this story. You see, it wasn't just an ordinary journey for them. It was something so significant. And if you are taking notes today, the title of my message today is called The Detour of Mary and Joseph. The Detour of Mary and Joseph. Father, just as we come around your word today, thank you. Thank you that you would send your son to be born in a dirty manger for us. That you saw us, that you heard us, that you knew we needed a Messiah, a Savior, and that you came for us. So God, today, as we get around your word, would you speak to us? Would you remind us of your love for us? And God, would you give us a thrill of hope this morning? In Jesus' name, all across this place, let's say amen. Well, over the last couple of weeks, we have looked at the humans of Bethlehem. Two weeks ago, Pastor Daniel spoke about Joseph and and the incredible life that Joseph lived. Even though there's very little written about Joseph, we know that Joseph was a significant character in the story of Jesus. And then last week, we looked at Simeon. Again, another character often overlooked in the Christmas story. But Simeon had the the privilege of being with us on stage and telling his story of how he could actually hold the Messiah. And today, I want us to look at Mary and Joseph. Looking at Mary and Joseph, and and I know for many of us, we have grown up looking at this story. We have grown up every single Christmas. We've seen the nativity played out in various different ways. But today, I want to take us to to a different part of that journey. I want to take us to the part where where it isn't just those classic Bible pictures that that look so pristine. That isn't just the story that, that many of us would believe. I want to take us to that journey and and really center us on what that journey actually looked like. You see, many of us would think that Mary would be this radiant son or mother of God. Or that Joseph would be holding his his son Jesus so proudly like a proud dad could. Or animals, the animals in the stable, they would be like so orderly, so chilled out, just relaxing, not like our sheep here this morning. Or maybe maybe there was this, this clean scene like a hospital room, almost sterile. That wasn't the stable at all. There was this smell. And not that, that smell that when we walk into like a Woolworths or to a store like that, where there's this like beautiful vanilla-esque sense in, this, in, this, uh, in the room. It wasn't that at all. But yet, as I read the Gospels, I can begin to imagine. I can begin to imagine what this scene must have looked like. I can begin to imagine that this must have been so far from the truth. And then if we want to take it a step further back, not from this scene, but a step further back, we often forget that they had to walk from Nazareth to Bethlehem, that they had to walk. You see, we just read it and we go, oh, that's an insignificant detail, but there was actually loads of significance in this part of the story. Can I begin to invite us to just imagine this scene? And maybe if it would help you across this place, maybe we need to close our eyes just as I take us back, take us back to that day in Nazareth. Can you just imagine that there's this angel that appears to a teenage Mary? And the angel says to her, Mary, you are about to be a mother. 
but not just a mother to any young boy. No, you are going to be a mother to the savior of the world. And I can only imagine Mary in that moment, she's going, that doesn't make sense. You know me, do you know me? Do you know that I'm still a virgin? I'm, I'm a good girl. I haven't done anything behind, behind Joseph's back who's going to be my husband one day. No, no, I'm still a virgin. Can you just begin to imagine? And then in this confusion, the same angel goes to Joseph and says, Joseph, you are about to be a dad. And Joseph's like, hold on, wait. That doesn't make sense. I'm a little bit freaked out by what you are telling me. You see, I know that Mary's about to be my wife, but this doesn't make sense. Can you just picture that in moment, that moment? Two young, young people just with this weight of the news that they've just heard. And then if we skip forward a few months, we hear, we hear that Mary is now very pregnant. Very pregnant. Can you just imagine this moment? A young unmarried couple with a woman that is pregnant. Can you imagine the scenes in Nazareth? Can you imagine that, that as they told people their story, they would be like, no, but, but you see, this, this baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit. This baby is actually a baby from God. Can you imagine as they walked around town that the many whispers that they would have heard, the many people questioning their story, the many people speaking behind their backs as they walked through a room, maybe it went quiet. As they walked down the street towards the market, maybe people split or maybe people paid attention. Can you imagine their family? It doesn't actually say much about their family, but, but did their family accept the situation? Or were they kicked out? I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the weight of the, the shame that they must have been feeling. The weight of the guilt that they must have been feeling. The weight of the sin that, that apparently they were carrying. Uncertainty, shame, guilt, fear, all rushing through their minds as young people. You see, scholars say they were maybe teenagers, maybe a little bit older. I can't imagine and as they are beginning to figure all of this out, figure out what they were supposed to be doing, figure out what they thought they had heard God say, another curveball just gets thrown at them. Another curveball just comes their way, rocks their boat. You see, Caesar just said that there was to be a census all across the land. And Joseph was originally from Bethlehem. His family are from Bethlehem. And what they have to do is, in order to be counted in the census, they have to make a journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And again, like I said, many of us often think that this is just an overlooked part of the story. But can I tell you that that was a 100-kilometer journey, some scholars say. A 100-kilometer journey that they had to walk. A 100-kilometer journey that Mary had to walk as a pregnant woman. I don't know about you, but but that's not a, a, a story that I want to be the lead character in. I'd love to watch it. I'd love to be at the scene and see this unfold. And I'm so grateful for the Gospels that would eloquate this for us. But can you imagine being the lead person in this story? I can't say that I have ever been pregnant. Uh, if I have, then maybe in a different life. But I can't say that I have. And I can't say that I've walked for 100 kilometers by choice or by force. But can you just begin to imagine that, that this would be their story? Walking for 100 kilometers, pregnant, about to give birth with all on a donkey and yet this is exactly what we see Mary and Joseph do they walk they walk they walk they walk some more she's about to give birth is there anyone in here who would be willing to take her place this morning and I can't help but think that that this definitely isn't how they saw their story unfold that this isn't how they had thought God was going to answer this message that he had given them 
Surely this isn't the way, sorry. The, <clears throat> surely this isn't, we go, we're back. This isn't the way that it was meant to be, God. This wasn't what I thought it would be. This was not plan A. God, what detour are you taking us on today? And I can't help but think that there are so many parallels that we can draw today in our own lives. That the story of Mary and Joseph was just as much our story. That the story of Mary and Joseph wasn't supposed to be what it was, but yet it was the way that it was. They weren't supposed to be going to Bethlehem. They were just trying to figure their lives out in Nazareth. How many of us can relate to that story? I wasn't supposed to be here. I wasn't supposed to be going there. But it just so happened. It just so happened. How many of us have those it just so happened moments? I know for me, there's, there's been many of them. It just so happened. Or maybe to phrase it a better way, God, it really shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be this way. You see, we are faced with this detail, this detail of life, this detail that we thought we were supposed to be walking one way, but then we actually walk in another way. You see, for us, I prayed that 2020 would be forgotten, that 2021 would be the year. I had prayed that this would be a different year. I had prayed and I had heard God. And God had said that it would be a better year. I would asked God to bless this year and maybe God did. But I also asked God to bless me. But if I look at myself now, where I find myself now, it wasn't meant to be this way. This is not where I hoped I would be. What kind of detour are you taking me on God. I don't know about you, but I can relate so strongly to that story. You see, here we see Mary and Joseph are traveling away from what they thought was the right thing. They were traveling away from what they had thought that they had heard God say. They were just following him, being obedient. And like we know about both of them, we know that they were righteous people, that they had loved God. They, were thought, they thought they were doing the right thing. They heard, they heard God speak to them so clearly. How many of us have heard God speak clearly this year and you're still finding yourself in a place that you didn't think you'd be in? We had heard God. And they'd heard God speak so clearly, but yet they still found themselves in this place of confusion, in this place of fear, in this place of uncertainty, afraid about what is to come. Maybe you heard God speak to you so clearly this year. Maybe you were convinced that what he had said was true. Maybe you were convinced that, that you knew that this year was going to be the year. Maybe you trusted God. Maybe you prayed and you believed and you wrote down your word for the year or your verse for the year and you went, you know what, this is it. This is from God. I know this to be true. And yet, you still find yourself here. Like them. I don't know, maybe it's confused. Maybe you're feeling uncertain. Maybe you have these feelings of fear about what's to come. Afraid of, of what might be next, of how wrong this could still go. And maybe that's led you to this place where you feel like perhaps God has left you. God, who's God? God, where's God? Or maybe you've cried out to him over and over and over and maybe you feel like he just isn't listening anymore. 
And maybe in desperation, you've, you've, you've even said these words like the psalmist says in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment of anguish, I, I need us to know today that God was with Mary and Joseph on the journey. And because he was with Mary and Joseph on their journey, on their detour, he's with us today on our journey, even though it might look like a detour, even though it might look so completely different to what you thought it would, God is still with you right there. And just because it doesn't look like the way you thought it would, he's with you. Just because you're not where you thought you would be, he's still with you. And because he's with you, because he is with you, with you. I'm praying that whilst we are in the middle of this detour, whilst we find ourselves where we find ourselves, once we are stuck in whatever it feels like we are stuck in, that we would hear these words from, from the Proverbs today. I pray that this would speak to us so clearly. You see, Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I pray that this would clear our confusion today, church. I pray that this would quiet any sort of uncertainty in us, that this would bring us a sense of peace. And I pray that in the midst of us feeling fearful or afraid, that this would bring us courage, courage to keep going, just like we see Mary and Joseph did, even in the midst of our detour, in the midst of the fear, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the, of the confusion. I pray that we would just keep going. And like I said, we see this from Mary and Joseph. I can't help but think that as they were on this journey, there must have been many moments where where they could take in the breathtaking views of the Middle East. I haven't personally been to the Middle East, but friends of mine that have been, they can't speak highly enough of how beautiful it actually is. And I can imagine that as they walked, they just took it all in. There must have been moments where they could just talk. I mean, what else could you do for 100 kilometers over five days on the back of a donkey? There's not much else you can do. There's no Netflix. There's no keep the kids quiet. There's none of that. They just walked and talked. And I wonder if we realize actually how far 100 kilometers is. You see, we were in Sirius the other day, and we had to drive to Worcester. So from Edgemead to Worcester is about 100 kilometers. They had to walk that. I don't know about you, but, but my shoes aren't good enough to walk 100 kilometers, and I'm certainly not ready or prepared to walk around 100 kilometers, but yet we see that's what they did. And talking about road trips, how many of you enjoy a good old road, uh, road trip? I love road trips. I love that in road trips, we have these, these opportunities to just chat. That's oftentimes the place where you have these deep, meaningful chats because you can't do anything else. You literally just have the opportunity to chat and chat and chat. And in those moments, that's where we see relationships defined. That's where we see relationships develop. That's where we learn more about ourselves and more about the people on the journey with us. And it might be good, but also it might be not so good. Many moments of awkward silences. Many moments, can we just get to the next garage so that I can just get out of this car so that I can just have space? And I can imagine as Mary and Joseph walked, they were wrestling with this tension. Wrestling with where they were coming from out of Nazareth. Wrestling with the fact that that they had left Nazareth in this cloud of controversy. Talking about their fears of being shamed for, for not being married and yet Mary being pregnant. Or maybe they were talking about how they would never actually go back to their family because maybe their family cast them out. Or maybe they were just like, you know what, we knew God had spoken to us. 
We knew that we would give birth to the Savior of the world, but I'm just not sure how this story unfolds. I'm unsure about what the future holds. I'm unsure, I'm unsure about what is to come next. But on the other side, the other part of the tension, maybe they could speak about, can you believe that we get to be the parents to the Messiah? That we get to see the Savior being born? And in this tension is where we see them on this detour. And I believe strongly that, that maybe in those moments, in that tension, God was using that. Maybe we see that God was using that time to prepare them for what was about to come to prepare them for the birth of the Savior, that when that time came, that they would be ready, ready for what was to come. And the same is true for you and I today, church. Could it be that God is using this detour season to prepare you for what is about to come? I know it doesn't look good. I know it hurts. I know it is painful. But what else I do know is that God is a good God. I know that God is a good God that will use whatever situation we find ourselves in for our good. You see, we have so quickly moaned about the detour. We have so quickly written off the detour. We have so quickly written off the fact that God could use this detour for good. Mary and Joseph, they had no idea that what God was busy doing in the background. They had no idea that he was busy doing things that they couldn't see yet. And it's often the same for us in the back roads. In the, in the slums, in the moments when we find ourselves far from God, that's when we see God's goodness to us. It's in those moments, and, and you can back it up in Scripture. Romans 8, 28, we know this, and it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who loved him and are called according to his purpose for them. And you see, sometimes we despise God in the detour. Sometimes we don't enjoy the detour, and that's okay. How could you possibly use this detour? But we read in scripture, just like Caesar had no idea that him calling a census was actually a fulfillment of the prophecy that was spoken about in Micah, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. You see, they weren't supposed to go to Bethlehem, but yet in Bethlehem is where the Messiah would be born. God used the detour of Caesar and the census to get them to the place where he needed them to be. Genesis 50, 20 says, you intended to harm me. This detour intended to harm me. This detour intended to keep me away from all that God is calling you to, but God intended it all for your good. Could it be that even in what we are seeing as a detour, that God is using it for our good? That there is an invitation for us to see it the way that God does. That there's an opportunity for him to do something good in us and through us. Can we just take a moment and pause and, and think about this question. What is God doing in your life right now? In brackets, I'll add, despite what it may look like, that you can give him praise for. What has he done this year, despite what it may look like right now? Can you think back of moments in January or February or March or April or May or June, July, August? I'm going to trip myself up. But can you think of moments when God was good? Yeah. It might not look good now, but God must have been good this year at some point. Yeah. The fact that you are here is a testimony. That's good. We can give God praise for that. And maybe we actually need to just get the worship team up here and maybe we need to start singing these Waymaker lyrics and remind ourselves that God is good. Even when we don't see it, you are working. Even when I can't feel it, God, I know that you are working because why? You never stop working. And all that we see Mary and Joseph do was walk. 
All that we see Mary and Joseph do was take one step after another. Why? Because they were obedient. Obedient despite. Obedient despite what they had come from. Obedient despite the uncertainty of where they were going. And I really want us to know today that that is what God calls us to as well. That he calls us to walk in obedience just like Mary and Joseph did. Despite how this detour might look, he promises church to be with us even there. And perhaps it feels like that couldn't possibly be true. Perhaps it feels like there's no way that those words are for you today. Maybe you are saying things like, God, how could you be with me in this mess? Or maybe you're saying like, God, you have forgotten me. You don't see me. Or maybe, God, you don't hear my desperate cries. I've prayed and prayed and prayed and cried and cried and cried and yet God, nothing. Are you even there? And it's in the backdrop of these very real thoughts, these very real emotions, the very real things that we sit with that this truth in Psalm 139 is for us today. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you are there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you are there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you are there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It is impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me for your presence is everywhere. Your presence is everywhere. And maybe, maybe the enemy has caused you to doubt that truth this morning. Maybe you are struggling to believe that God's presence could be with you. Justin, you don't know what I'm looking at. You don't know the sin. You don't know the shame. You don't know the guilt. You don't know the mess. You don't know the dysfunction. You don't know the hurt, the heartache, the disease, the financial, the financial struggles, the health reports. You don't know that my family don't want me. You don't know that my, my spouse has nothing to do with me. You don't know. You don't know what I'm doing or have done or will do. And can I tell you that you are right? I don't. I don't know. But can I tell you what I also do know? Is that God knows. That this promise is still true. And I pray that you'd hear this from the, from the mouth of Jesus for you today, church. Wherever it is that you find yourself in the middle of your detour, in the middle of the sin, in the middle of the shame that you're feeling, would you hear this from Matthew 20? And never forget that I am with you every day. Maybe that's all you hear today. Maybe that's all that you can hold on to today. Maybe that's all that would change the rest of the year for you. And never forget that I am with you every day. And maybe the enemy has made you think that you are the only one that could be possibly feeling this way. Maybe the enemy has made you believe that you are isolated, that no one else cares, that no one else has been on this detour that I've been on. Can I tell you that many of us have walked on a detour? Many of us are, are walking on a detour. Many of us probably will walk on a detour. That is just the reality of this side of life, this side of eternity. You see, and Jesus speaks into it. He says in John, in this world, you will have trouble. You will walk a detour, but take heart, church. Take heart, for I've overcome the world. 
Pastor Bobby a few months um, a few months ago said, we're all just walking each other home. We're all just walking each other home. We're all on a journey. We're all walking each other home. We're all on some sort of detour. But you know what? We're all in it together. We're all walking on different points of the same journey. Home. And where's that home that, that I'm speaking of? That's in Jesus. Walking towards Jesus. We know that we are not alone because we also know that Jesus faced the very same things that we do. He faced the detours of life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend 40 days in the desert. And because he has faced the very same detours of life, he knows exactly what we are going through right now. The Savior of the world, the Messiah knows exactly where you find yourself this morning, church. And because he knows, because he can relate, because he has gone through exactly the same things that we have, he knows how to get through it. And there's an invitation to you today. It's just by following him. Hebrews 12 says, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, with any detour along the way, cross, shame, whatever. Or John 14 says, I am the way, the truth and the life. That is this Jesus that we are following. That is the Jesus that we are walking home towards. And as we follow him, we find hope even in the midst of the detour. A thrill of hope. A thrill of hope that doesn't make sense. A thrill of hope that I can't explain. A thrill of hope that isn't of this world. A thrill of hope that no one can give me besides Jesus. This hope we have in Jesus keeps us moving forward. Just like it speaks about this hope we have in Jesus keeps us pushing through the disappointment of the detour that we find ourselves in. As we obediently walk towards Jesus, just like Mary and Joseph, taking one step after another, no matter if it takes five days, five years, whatever it is, taking one step after another. I'm praying that we would see that for our own lives too. You see, Mary and Joseph walked a detour and they walked towards a dirty stable and they walked towards seeing the Messiah being born. That hope came to them that as we leave here today, church, that we would know that we have hope because of Jesus. And because of this hope, we keep going despite dot, dot, dot. We keep showing up to church despite dot, dot, dot. We keep serving despite. We keep trusting God because he's good despite. We keep loving people no matter how difficult they are despite. We keep praying even when it feels like we can't. Even when it feels like God isn't listening. Even when it feels like God couldn't possibly be in that situation. We keep praying despite. And this hope it won't make sense to anyone else. No one else would believe you when, when you look different because of this hope. And you know what? It shouldn't. Because this hope is from God. And because it's from God, there's a different way to live. This Advent season, as we experience, church, a thrill of hope, know that hope has come to find us today. That God saw us in the detail and sent a reason for us to have hope despite. That we would experience real hope this Christmas and maybe you find yourself in that detour today that's okay I want you to know today that there's hope I want you to know today that, that it's okay I want you to know today that even in the detour we still have access to this hope to this thrill of hope and that today we have an opportunity to respond you see we are called to make a decision 
and all across this place as I come into land, I want to invite us to take a moment and pause. To pause and reflect on where we are right now. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. God, what's in my heart? God, what is this detour for? Jesus, what are you doing? It doesn't make sense. God, I don't have the answers. God, I'm uncertain of the future. Do you find yourself in a detour this morning? Is this where you thought you'd be this year? Is this what you had hoped for? Is this what you had prayed for? Have you started losing hope because? And you know what? We may have made some really bad decisions that have led us away from where we thought we needed to be. Or perhaps we may have made no decisions that would have taken us away, but yet circumstances have dictated that we find ourselves here. Circumstances out of my control. How did I even get here in the first place? It was just one message. It was one beer. One interaction with someone. But then the story changes, church. You see, just like, hope, like Mary and Joseph, they would see hope being born in a dirty stable. Maybe you think there's no way hope could find you. Yeah. And this morning, there's an invitation for you. An invitation for you with your name on it. An invitation to experience hope, real hope, even on your detour, church. Don't run away. But this is the challenge that I need us to accept today. This is what I need us to believe today, that there's nothing that I can do in and of my own strength. That all God wants me to do is to stop. To stop trying to make things right. To stop trying to get back on the right track and actually just fully experience and embrace the fact that hope came to us. That Jesus sees you and he wants to meet with you right now. Where you find yourself. In the mess in the detour, in the chaos, in the hurt, in the pain, in the shame, in the guilt. Jesus wants to find you. And would you allow him in this moment, this tender, tender, soft moment, to remind you of the hope we have in him. A thrill of hope. A thrill of hope. And you know what? I know that often I find myself in these deep, dark places and confused, and, but I know that today there's hope. And because there's hope today, I know that I can respond. Because there's hope today, I know that I have a future that is good. Because there's hope today, I know that I need to get up and embrace that hope and respond. And we're going to take an opportunity to stand in worship and declare this truth from Waymaker that because of this hope, we can declare that even when I don't see it, you're working. So come on all across this place. Let's make that our response this morning. I just want to take a moment to pray for us. And those very lines that we sang, even when we don't see it, even sometimes when we don't feel it, the promise that God is working. And the very word that Justin brought, he spoke about the detours. You know, I could identify so quickly with that. That we have these detours in life. And this morning for each of us standing here, there was that choice to choose hope, to embrace. 
And if so that's you, you're saying, you know what, Dan, I am in the detour of life right now. I had no idea whether it was from, we were just meant to be here for a short little holiday, and now I don't know how or where, whether it was a cancer report, whether it was your relationship, your family dynamics, work. I thought it was going to be like this, but detours of life. I want to be able to pray. Because today I want you to choose hope. Remember what we've been saying. We don't want you just to celebrate Christmas. We want you to experience the hope of our Savior. Because he said, I have come. The greatest miracle was that I came to live amongst you. So whether it's grief that you're experiencing, whether it's the joy on the mountaintops, whether the very low of the valley, he says, I have come, I've moved into your neighborhood. So if that's you saying, Dan, I'm in the detour of life, pray with me. Just lift your hands up to heaven and say, I'm acknowledging that I need hope. And this is what I want to encourage you to do. Whatever that, that detour or distraction or the feel like you're losing hope, will you tell God what that is? Will you tell him with its finances? Tell him what it is and say, God, help me. Father, for each person that's here, that's lifting hands, my hand lifted up as well. Whatever grace you need, I pray, Holy Spirit, that whatever it is, whatever they have requested, whatever they have said, come to petition before you, God, that you would meet them in that place. I'm so aware that I cannot change the circumstances. We, we can't take away the grief. We can't take away the job loss. We can't take away this. We can't. But you, God, said, I have come. I've moved in to your world. And so today... With our hands lifted, we're saying, God, I choose hope. I choose hope. Hope for my future. Hope for the now. I choose hope. Because we have an everlasting hope, an anchor for our souls that we can hold on to. And as we continue to pray, I want to be able to pray for those who have come into this building, have never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've arrived here, you've come into this place and you're so aware that there's something missing within your life. Can I tell you what it is? It's Jesus. It's that hope. And today he wants to move. He, he's, he's knocking. He's saying, will you open the door to me? And maybe it's a decision that you made many years ago. Maybe it's a decision that you actually, you know the head knowledge, but the connection between the head and the heart there's a disconnect and your heart has grown cold. The Sunday before Christmas, Jesus knocks at the door and says, will you come home, my child? I've been waiting for you. You're here on purpose. Online, you're watching. You're here for a reason. Will you come home? And so if you're in that space and say, Dan, I've grown cold. I've lost my way. I've never made that decision to follow Jesus. I want you to pray with me. This is a private moment. You can indicate online if we'll pray. People will be with you. But now in the service, just slip in your hand and say, Dan, pray for me. I need you to come back to Jesus. And you can put your hand back down once I've seen it. Amen. And you can put your hand down. Amen. You can put your hand down. Amen. Amen. Now I want you to say this prayer with me. Jesus, today I acknowledge 
that my heart is not where it should be. Today, I acknowledge that I haven't put you first in my life, that there's been other things that have taken that place. But today, on, the, on this Sunday, I acknowledge that I need you. And so I ask that you would forgive me. Forgive me. And today, I believe in you. I believe that when you went to the cross and on the third day that you rose, that you rose so that I could have life. And so today, I acknowledge that you are my Savior. And today, I confess. And I want you to say it with your own words. Just say, Jesus, I accept you. Jesus, I follow you. Jesus, I return to you. Just say the words. Say, Jesus, today, I come home to you. Father, for each person that has prayed, the hands that went up, God, thank you for the decision that they made. And God, I pray that today that it wouldn't just be a fleeting emotional moment in this moment here, but it will continue. That as we, as we gear up for Christmas, the expectancy that we're waiting for, the hope of our world, our Savior, that we would be reminded of that truth, that you came down to this earth for us. Thank you for that powerful truth. Thank you for every decision. For those who have feel like they've lost hope, thank you, God, that in this moment, for the word that was brought, that we could hold on to you, our hope, and all God's people say together, Amen.